All right, hello world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. We'll get to the PGA Tour in a second, but first, please, another member guest in the books. Your team played much better than mine. Congratulations on winning your flight with mm. your brother, Jeff. But Big man, win. a time was had. A time was had. I love member guests. There's, there's the best form of golf. You go out there, you get to compete a little bit, try to play good golf. Not the end of the world if you don't, but it's music all day, drinking, good food typically, hang afterwards, some cards. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful weekend. And my boy, Jeff, shout out to my brother, Jeff, for showing up. Came in with like a... 12-ish type handicap or something around there. You get like 80% of it, I think, in the flight. My man put together a little 40-41 in the morning matches, uh, the first 18 with two Xs, two dubs, basically. So a lot of pars and a lot of pars. Get them, Jeff. For birds out there. Shout out, Jeff. Way to show up. Do you want me to take you through my adventure? Let's hear. I heard Lammy didn't uh, didn't quite well, have it. He's not a desert guy, by the way. Future guest of Golf Subpar, poker player Ben Lamb came down and joined me. He's kind enough to always bring me to his up at Southern Highlands in Las Vegas. We have a great time. We've almost won it a couple times. This week, much different story. We were the last team in the first flight. We were the underdogs, no doubt about it. But you got to take advantage of your strokes, right? Well, my man showed up very prepared. Coming out of Cabo, where he was down there playing some golf, text me, he goes, never hit it better in my life. I'm striping it right now. Ready Don't to get going. Don't worry about anything. Well, boy, did that backfire. He showed up to Whisper Rock with no golf balls. Had to go charge some to the account on the inside. That can happen. Um, the next day, he quickly proceeded to lose those in a day, so we had to go reload. Uh, the next day, uh, in in our first nine-hole match, he hit seven provisionals. Pretty good. Not on the par guess threes, he was, though. I guess hit it he, dead straight on the par threes. I guess he was really worried about me making double with pitching wedge in my hand. Yeah. legitimate concern whatever also before the second day um we had a long 27 holes on friday got amongst it that night next day i see him come out of the pro shop brand new pair of shoes i'm like what are you doing he's like i didn't want to walk up the stairs to your locker also understandable there's, just 14 it's gotta steps. be 12 14 it's steps to get exhausting. all the way up there it's I think you actually have to walk further to take a leak than you do if you just go straight upstairs. So, uh, but, unbelievable. Yeah. Rather, rather like Left we it did on the field. have a lot of fun, a lot of time, a lot of shit was talked. And then to cap it all off, just to end the member guest, once again, rather good time on Saturday. Sunday, wake up. Sunday's day of rest. It's the Sabbath. Okay? It's we, got, we had two golf tournaments on. We had NCAA March Madness. There was no reason to leave the house. Well, my car was at Isabella's, our local spot. Because you don't drink and drive. That's a rule. Responsibly. responsibly. We do everything responsibly. We gamble responsibly. We drink responsibly. Mm -hmm. So my wonderful wife, Natalie, drove Ben to get my car because his travel bag and some other stuff was in there. Ben drives the car home. Very nice. While I'm sitting there, hug you, love you, see you later, sends you back to Vegas. Lands in Vegas. Hey, bud. Got a problem. I'm like, what? He goes, just brought your keys to Las Vegas with me. You don't need that whip, do you? <laughs> no. You're not a big driver. I was like, he's like, car. you got a spare set. I'm like, could not begin to tell you. I have moved since I got a new car. There's no telling where my spare keys are. You're like, I'll overnight them to you. Um, but everything's closed Sunday, so they'll get there Tuesday. In the meantime, do not uh, hotwire a vehicle by so, chance. Go back to your old car theft days. That basically sums up our member guest. Yeah. We didn't finish good. last. Second to last. Not our, off, the, off the bottom. Our wonderful president. No one remembers second to last. Our wonderful president here at 8 a.m., Hoyt McGarrity, took on that title. Okay, so shout out him. Hoyt. Somebody's <laughs> got to have it. It's like shooting 79 versus 80. Everyone will remember an 80 for forever. 79, just wipe Don't that forget off. About Doesn't it. Doesn't even matter. We had a hell of a time. Though. Do you have the stats on the booze consumption? We went over it today on the radio. So We're was, doing a new fun thing at Whisper Rock where they keep track of everything that's consumed. Food, uh, 
you know, whether it's bacon, sausage, I think we had pork tenderloin, and then they also get into the booze, how many bottles of certain booze were consumed. And it was it was record setting. I, I remember the numbers from what you said. I remember for breakfast, there was 130 pounds of bacon consumed. It's a good amount. 200 pounds of beef in the afternoon. Solid. By the way, I didn't have any of that. Shout I, out to I me. contributed zero to the beef. Yep. Uh, bacon, I The hit more hard. impressive thing, two days, 94 bottles of vodka. Correct. 64 bottles, 68 bottles of tequila. Yeah. I did contribute to that. The vodka, we may have had something to do with that. Yeah. Right? That's it's, why it's played so good. It's what member you guest. What, what else you are you going to do? Not leave it on the field? Hey, they make you pay for that member guest. You got to get it back somehow. Exactly. I'm coming out on top of yes. this thing. I can guarantee your ass. You lose money. When ne we enter, when the Stoltzes enter the field, you're losing money on the Next entry Next year, Trius is going to be charging us for booze and the member guest. We actually kept track of everyone's. Your entry fee is a little different than yeah. these guys over here. You eat too good. much bacon and too much booze. All right. Well, on to the other golf. They played a this tournament. Past week. Uh, down at Austin Country Club. Dell match play. The last one as of right now. But Sam Burns is your winner obviously found something at Valspar the week before carried it over to the match play I mean what a week it was big names advancing our final four guys Sam Burns Cam Young Rory McIlroy Scotty. and yeah. Scotty Scheffler yeah and it looked like dude both guys were two up at one point in the semifinals it looked like we were about to have a Rory McIlroy Scotty Scheffler showdown I was going to be in a real dilemma it was a dilemma anyways on what to watch if you don't have multiple televisions but I was like did we get Scotty and Rory in yeah. this final like that's the showdown fans have been waiting for i thought you know there's no more match play as of now for next year on the pga tour i was like dude if rory and scotty make this finals and they have a match that goes 18 holes and then you come out and say no more of this that's it. Where, i was like dude they got they hit a home they got so lucky mm -hmm. and the fact that that match didn't shake out that ended up being the consolation match i put no stock in that i don't think i think they would have chopped the pot before they teed off and said cool see you next time but i mean Sam Burns deserves that he went out there and played incredible. That's the risk you run with a match Seven play. Seven and zero. I mean, dude, he just bl and that's last match. Woody Birdie six of his final eight, like to close the thing out. I mean, he was just making everything, hitting it perfect. You run that risk of that championship match not being great, but you were also this close to getting arguably, I would say, the best final you've ever had in the history of this thing. And then you say, no "Oh, we're not having it anymore." Could have been problems, but um, yeah. I still thought it was awesome, dude. Five of six, five of the top six seeds advanced to, out of the pool play. Rom being the only one that didn't. He was the only thing missing in that deal. But I, I like the match play. I hope they find a way. It's just a nice change up from the everyday stroke play competition. I think the players like it. It's way more personal in match play than stroke play. I hope they find a way going forward, whether it's tour championship or something to have. It's got to be the best guys. It can't be, you know, a non-designated type field to, to attract interest. But I hope they find a way to get yeah. it on the schedule. I like it. I like Austin Country Club. I think the holes around Lake Austin are beautiful. Um a lot, of, a lot of excitement with the drivable holes, the par fives. A lot of stuff can happen. But at the end of the day, Sam Burns put on a clinic, beating Cam Young 6-5. and five. By the way, nice first week for Paul Tesori with Cam Young. Yeah, pretty easy, isn't it? Hit it at the – see that little thing with the flag on it? Hit it right at that. He's good at golf, and then man. Make, when he gets going, like he was going in his last like two matches, let's call it, damn, he's tough. I mean, we might not see it as consistently as some of the other guys, but his good is really damn good. Up to 10th in the world now. And I feel like he goes under the radar – way more than a lot of guys who have fewer than five wins on tour. And also shout out to my man, my trusty spotter, Parker, who's out there. Who's he, in the ER. He, he also works for NBC when CBS doesn't have it. Got some nice TV t time. Took one from in the shoulder from Sam Burns yesterday on the par 5 12th, and then got some great TV time with the Get Amongst Advisor on. That's my guy. God bless you, Pete. Started to get a lot of messages all of a sudden, like, who is this guy? Who do you know this guy? Who Check this dude out. I was like, 
that's it's great the for the brand it got lucky too it clipped him in the shoulder that hits the face that's a <laughs> huge problem and it ended up bouncing weird and then hitting a pole and like coming back i was like if you knock 30 yards off his drive and he has to take relief you're gonna get some unwanted attention but it turned out perfect he was amongst it per usual yeah, it's what he does so what he Best, does by the way 22 years of doing the job first time he's ever gotten hit pretty damn good and you can't see shit on that hole made dude. a nice he's run like 40 yards below the tee box and they're hitting it by the way three whatever on the fly they were hitting bombs sam burns got it up to 187 cam young 192 ball speed cam young hits rockets god dang rockets he is this close to starting to win a bunch of stuff 10 top threes now got a dub coming six runner-ups something like that you've been there feels like all the time and the harder the golf course feel like the better for him his stuff is nice all right well our guest this week speaking of nice i love this man i'm a huge fan I think he's one of the best analysts in the business. He does incredible work for ESPN, and he's a huge golfer. Just went on an epic trip down to Streamsong, um, sent some videos of this putting contest they had in the lobby of the hotel that got incredibly weird. They fire. It was great. But Dan Orlovsky, he's former awesome. NFL quarterback, man, I love him. He is. He does such, like I said, I, I consider Charles Barkley the greatest sports broadcaster we have. I love his style, his humor. Uh, he, he speaks to everyone. Dan Orlovsky is unbelievable breaking down things that I don't think the average person, average football fan would see, and he makes it where you you can understand everything he says. Yeah, and he's very easy guy to like because he's very self-deprecating. Has no problem taking shots at himself, which I think is somewhat rare in the media world. A lot of people pretty proud, you know, want to protect themselves. He's got no issue. He just came out and said he uses the same towel in his shower 30 straight days before a change. It's disgusting. Little Dan. suspect. Disgusting, That's Dan. like college dorm shit when you're doing your laundry for the first time. Like, oh, it's a, it's crusty? That'll be fine. He also calls his wife a maniac on this show and Respect. talks about her poop schedule on Pat McAfee. When you got a relationship <laughs> with the old lady where you could go on national TV and talk about her poop schedule, that's love. It is. That is serious love. All right. Well, before we get to Dan Orlovsky, we want to welcome Roback to Golf Subpart. These clothes are absolutely incredible. I'm a big hoodie guy. There might not be a better hoodie on the market. These things are soft, comfortable, love them. Yeah, they got a lot of good stuff. The performance polos, good fit, great feel. Uh, very important when you wear your shirts a lot. The collars never lose their shape. You don't have that little bacon collar. Looks like it's been washed a uh, hundred times. The hoodies, as you mentioned. Quarter zips, too. Quarter zips are hot in the street. The Manning Brothers every single week. Uh, Roback's everywhere, and there's a reason for it. They're awesome. All right, go get yours at Roback.com. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Use code SUB, S-U-B, for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off all polos, hoodies, and Q-zips with the code SUB. Make sure to check out their print polos. They will have you feeling good all year round. All right, here's Dan Orlovsky on Golf Subpar. Okay, folks, big time guest on the program here today. Former NFL quarterback turned ESPN analyst, broadcaster. You see him on NFL Live. First take, he's everywhere dropping the hottest takes in the biz. Dan Orlovsky, good to have you, bud. I, I'm fired up to be with you guys, Colt. I'm actually texting you videos from the, the putts that we experienced um, the other night at Streamsong. So I forgot to send them to you, so I'm doing so now. But uh, great to be with you guys. I'm fired up. Man, this is awesome. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I reached out to you on Twitter and was like, I love watching your stuff. You're all over. I mean, you might work more than I do, which is which is crazy to say. I think you work about 18 hours a day, it seems like. Are you ever not talking about football? Nah, dude. You know, like two things. So 
First of all, thank you. I appreciate that. I texted you back like massive fan as well. One, you won me fantasy one year, probably three years ago, four years ago, something like that. And I think you do a great job um, on TV. So, but um, uh, one, like I live in Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. I always tell people like the great thing about ESPN is it's 24 seven. The bad thing about ESPN is it's 24 seven. So if you live close, they'll find, they'll find moments for you to work. And then like the, um, the more, the most like thing, one of the things that has stood out the most getting into TV and I never knew it as a player or paid attention to it was like how much of the calendar the NFL owns you know, like they've done a business model wise, they season gets done middle of February. Then there's like a week of quiet or like somewhat quiet. And then it's, well, we got to get ready for the NFL combine first week of March. And then there's like a couple days of not a ton going on. And then it's what well, we're in this week, the NFL for agency. And then that carries for like two weeks. And then, you know, there's a couple days of quiet early April. And then it's the NFL draft for the whole month of April. And then there's OTAs and mini camps. So they, it's it's football nonstop in this country, man. But you're one of those guys. I mean, you you genuinely love it. Like I love it. Some people consider it work. Like even for me, for golf, I know Sleaze is probably the same way. Like with golf, it's it's not work. Like it's what I love to do. I love to watch it. I consume it at all hours of the day. So it's really not work. It's, you really really do enjoy it, and I think it comes across on the TV. No, I appreciate. It. I I do. I love it. I, I love one like my nature, my personality has always been argumentative and a little bit too probably too much like a know-it-all um so like some of the shows that i get to be on that's a perfect fit um i've always been a nerd you know with football like i've always been kind of like an intellectual person i was never physically that talented so like finding stuff or or whatnot and tape um is something that i love to do so i love it i'm super passionate about it um i have a great time doing it so it's way better than it's all i know too i've never not done football so it's to get paid for it is ridiculous to me. What do you like doing the best? Like you got your NFL live. That's kind of like X's and O's breaking down players, things like that. You got first take where you get up there and just hot take debate, that type of stuff or broadcasting, calling the games. Do you have one that you look forward to more than the others? Um, it depends. So like, I love them all to be honest with you. Cause that you, we get asked that question all the time by like executives. What's your end goal or what do you want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? And I always say like, I, I love it all. If you get a good live game, it's nails. Like there's nothing that beats a good live game. And, and really like in college football, if you get the right scene, right setting and great, get a great game, it's, it's tough to beat. Now that doesn't happen a ton in college football though. There's like the college football parody is just so big. I often get like 40 to six games. So those, those aren't a blast, but you know, I called like the Fiesta bowl two years ago, Notre Dame, Oklahoma state. It was awesome. So if you get a good college football game or a good NFL game, you know, this, this past year we had, the Chiefs week 18 trying to secure the number one seed. They go on to win the Super Bowl. So, like, those are great. First take is a blast because, you know, Stephen A called me two years ago. I was like, I want to give you Thursdays. You know, like, Thursdays is going to be your day. And I think the thing that, like, gave me so much joy in doing Thursdays with Stephen A is he's so go be yourself. You know, he's not focused on, like, having this intense – I got to be right moment. He just wants to have fun talking football and arguing about sports in general. So I love doing first take. I love doing get up. Cause it kind of like was my, where I got started and they've given me a lot of creative freedom. NFL live is my favorite when it comes to the consistent, like I'm with people who I love. Those people are like family to me. Um, and allow that's where I'm like my most nerd is, is NFL live. So I, I love doing it all. I mean, you got to, you work with some incredible personalities. Obviously, Stephen A. Smith, 
you know, I wake up every morning. I have my coffee out here on the West Coast. That's what I that's what I wake up to is Stephen A. yelling, which is really enjoyable and gets me going <laughs> for my day. But I, I want to know about Ryan Clark because y'all's relationship seems unbelievable. When y'all break down the film, I love that. So RC's my guy. So I played against RC like a little bit in the NFL, but I didn't know about it or didn't know him personally, right? Great story is I think three or four years ago, it was the Super Bowl, um, I believe in Tampa. It was the Tampa versus Kansas City Super Bowl, right? So that was like our first year working together, Ryan and our Ryan and I. And um we were doing a segment or something. And in this segment, I kind of like he said something to me and I kind of pretended to like step to him, so to speak. And like, like th not throw hands, but like throw hands. You know what I'm saying? Like I stepped to him, like, you know, I like conf confrontationally and on television, he handled it fine. And I walk off the set to go to another set. And he came up to me face to face. This was like, again, I don't know. He, I don't know him that well in this moment. He's like, Hey bro, don't you ever F and do that to me on television again. I'll knock <laughs> you the F out. I'm not that dude. And in that moment I was like, Got it. Got it. Got it. And that was like a moment where it like sent our friendship to a different level because, um, you know, like the way he, he just straight up like confronted me about it. I was like, this dude don't mess around. So, and the, the breaking down stuff on TV was actually his idea. One time he was like, it would be so cool if we did it live together. And we, we did like your perspective, my perspective, we did it once. And, um, it went from there and we, you should see us in commercial break. Like we're getting, we're jumping up and down. We're getting like hyped up for it. We're walking around, um, because it's so much energy for that. We love it. That's perfect. Cause I want to go to another show. Let's go to first take for a minute. Right. Cause that's the kind of the, the soul of that show is like debate, like healthy debate. You have one side, you have one side are there and they get tense. Like there's a lot of tense moments on that. Sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, I think they're genuinely pissed at each other. What are like the commercial breaks? Like, are there ever some <laughs> awkward moments after one of those ends and you're just both kind of sitting there like, Oh my God, like that got weird. Yeah. I mean, awkward is it's, it's probably like on the surface level can be viewed as awkward, but like, those are like the, the show can carry over into a commercial break and, and into argument so often that it never like the moment never becomes overwhelmingly awkward. I'll never forget. Like the, one of the first times I did first take, um, we were in commercial break and I was sitting there talking to Stephen A about whatever, like you guys, we were talking right now about, <clears throat> I forget what the topic was. And all of a sudden, like when you're on set, someone yells, you guys know this live TV. It's like 15, like 15 seconds till we're live. And Stephen A's like, what's the topic? And someone said it. I don't know what the topic was. Cowboys quarterback or something. And all of a sudden, five, four, three, two, one live television comes on and he goes from like this casual conversation to he, he went into performance like it was live TV. Here I go. I'm Stephen A. This is first take. And I think that's like empowering when you see him do that because you understand like that's part of that show. It is. It's just and he he takes a ton of pride in it, but it's not fake. It's just who he is in that moment. Um, but like he's not oh, he's not overly sensitive. He's he's never going to get defensive about stuff. He just literally wants to chop it up and argue and disagree and and have entertaining sports conversations so i i think like overall it could be viewed as awkward but it's never personal i love that uh, can, can i ask one follow-up on that real quick so clear the air for everyone out there because there's a lot of people that think this is it ever a case before the show where you guys go on and you're talking let's say it's cowboys quarterback and you're like okay you take this side and i'll take this side even if you don't believe what you're saying do you ever have to like just argue one side so there is a debate because no. it's better than if you both agree no, so I'll I'll kind of fill you guys in a little bit of like peel back the curtain on that. What happens is usually 99 out of 100 times you'll get an email the night before with like 
50 questions on it, you know, that can be questions that depending upon the answer can spur debates and you throw out your, your answers. They don't give you the other person's answer. Like I, when I get the, the email, I don't have Stephen A's answer on it. So I'm, I'm more inclined to disagree with him. And then the next morning at like seven or eight in the morning, we'll get an email or maybe we're in the meeting ourselves of like what the topic's going to be, but we're never forced to say, hey, Stephen A took this side, so you have to take that side. The producers do a really good job of like, but we're also smart. We also know that there are some conversations that are going to be more um, entertaining the, than others. But I don't, I've never gone on there and said something I don't believe. I've said crazy stuff, but it's not because I don't believe it. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, that's good. That's Let's good just to get to it. We're going to get to some golf, but we got, you're the best in the business with NFL. We got to talk about it. And it's already been said twice. Cowboys quarterback. I'm a diehard Cowboy fan, Dan. Just just let me have it, man. Like, wh what do we got to do? I mean, I'm just – it kills me every single year. Max yeah. Duggan. I didn't – Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Get Max. Stop it. Max will turn that ship around, dude. I might use that on NFL Live today. Um, Please dude, do. I think, like, I, I think Dak's a good player. I, Cole, I said this after um, the San Francisco loss this year. <clears throat> I just – we live in a reality where everybody wants the player to be the person. You know, Dak Prescott is a A plus 10 out of 10 person. He's a tremendous human. I don't know him, but everyone who talks about him says that. But he's not a 10 out of 10 player. He's a good player. And everybody wants him to be that incredible top five quarterback type of player. He's just not that guy. So, like, the only way to win in the NFL with that guy is to make sure that your roster is so good around him that he gets propped up, up rather than him propping other guys up. There's only a handful of guys in the world that do that. So, like, I think they're good. I think he's good. I, I just don't think he's going to consistently be great. So we're going to continue to be disappointed year after year is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the expectation level, right? God. Yeah. Unless. It kills me. Well, the other problem is. The other problem is. I am a huge Sean Payton fan, and Sleaze is a Bronco fan, and they stole him. I was kind of sneaky hoping we would suck this last year so we'd get Sean Payton, and that totally backfired. And watch what he does with Russell this year. They even signed oh, two offensive linemen already in free agency. So, like, Russell will play so much better with Sean, and I think the world is Sean Payton. So, yeah. Dude, it, it's so funny because, like, we talk about the Cowboys all the time, and everyone's like – my wife's from Philly, so my wife hates it. She's like, oh, you guys don't talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, they're, they're, they, if you came to my Twitter page and saw my mentions, it's all Cowboys fans telling me how much they hate me. So, like, that's that's why, because their fan base is the absolute biggest in the NFL. You know, this this is all starting to make sense because I pissed off all of Philadelphia during the Phoenix Open this year when I said, you know, I was glad it was a green out on Saturday, and I said, I'm glad it's the WM green and not that disgusting Philadelphia Eagle green. <laughs> and there's been this lady sending me hate tweets. Is this? I think your wife has been hate tweeting me for the last, six, nor deny. last few months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She got a lot of burners. Those those Eagle fans are sensitive, man. I made a little football joke They're on nuts. a golf telecast. Whew. Dude, I'll never. So first, my again, my wife's a maniac. Like I, we moved, <laughs> we lived in Philly for like, 2016 17 we had to move to connecticut because of work all that stuff and one of the first two of the things that she said when we moved here were like one we had to get direct tv so she could get the eagles games on sundays and then two my kids were not allowed to grow up new york sports fans 
So I'm, I've got no issue with that, babe. Like I don't have an allegiance or whatnot. We live close to city field with where the Mets play. I've got a son who plays baseball. He loves Pete Alonso. She gets legitimately pissed at me when I take him to Mets games. Cause she's like, you're trying to make him a Mets fan. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's 11. I'm trying to just take him to a baseball game. You maniac. That's so great. <laughs> Passionate wife. That's oh, good. Man. Stay on that for a minute. Cause we're talking about crazy fans. Part of the deal on first take, like there's and just all sports shows, really. It's like make a list, top five this, top five that, quarterback, whatever it is. You know a bunch of these dudes, almost all of them, from playing in the league with them. Have you ever made a list and somebody saw it and got pissed at you who's like a player? Be like, really, dude, fifth? All, all the time. Brain? All the time. All the nice. time. I think I learned early on in this business, lists are supposed to be um disagreed upon like if you make a list and everyone's like oh yeah i kind of agree with that it's boring right so like i i go i am aware when i make lists of trying to make something that like is going to generate conversation is going to generate generate disagreement like that's part of that thing is is making a list now i'm not going to make a list that i don't think is accurate or i don't think that is is um is something i stand by but yeah i've had guys reach out to me uh, and be like, what the heck is this all about? Or I've had agents text me. Agents are a big part of that too. Like agents text me all the time being like, what are you doing? You're driving value. And I'm like, you guys are way too emotionally attached to this. So uh, there is a part of it though. Like I was reading some something the other day with Kenny Smith and Shaq when they called for a coach to get fired and they said they would never do it again because they didn't understand their influence. Like I'm aware I'm on ESPN a ton. So like I try to be very conscious of that as well. But I have, I've had guys reach out, um, agents reach out a bunch, but I'm, I have to do my job the best I can. So dude, like, uh, Barkley always brings this up. Do they text you though? When you praise them and tell them how great they are. I know that's what I text back with. Yeah. You know, oh, you didn't, like, it's funny. You're texting me now, but what about the last six months when I've said all great things as you've earned it, but I've said all great things. You were quiet then. So now one time I say something that's not glowing. You want to come and and jump down my throat about it. So, but that's how I fire back for sure. Which position is the most sensitive? Like if you do a wide receiver ranking, quarterback ranking, quarterback. running back ranking, quarterbacks for sure. Right. Quarterback by far, because we do live in this world. And part of the reason why I got into this business was I was trying to get people to understand like there's other great quarterbacks in the league than Tom Brady, other great coaches in the league than Bill Belichick. But we live in this world, and I call it. But Pat, I blame Patrick Holmes all the time. I talk to Patrick a bunch, mainly about golf, to be honest with you. But I tell, it's his fault because, like, if you're not Patrick or don't have a Patrick, you stink, you know. And there's a lot of really good guys, player wise, in the NFL at quarterback that they get measured against Patrick, and they'll never measure up. And so they or their fan bases, they they always feel second fiddle because he's such an incredible player. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, for in our world, golf, I mean, everything, when a kid comes out and wins two major championships early on, it's like, oh, here's the next Tiger Woods. I'm like, let's calm down. No, yeah. it's, it's not. He's a really great player, but there's only one of those. Yeah. And you're not going to get there. But you're always going to be compared to it. And it's, you'll never catch it. You're like, you'll never. And it, I would imagine it messes with those guys as much as it does quarterbacks. For sure. Yeah. It needs like two separate categories, like Tiger stats, everyone else. Oh, he's made 30 cuts in a row. Cool, hundred plus more, and he could tie Tiger's career, yeah, you know, yeah. consecutive record. Like you're not even in the same stratosphere. Um, you mentioned it before. We get to some golf. I want to ask because you mentioned like your end goal. Like, what is what is it for you? Do you want to be a GM one day? Do you want to be a head coach, or do you love what you're doing right now? Love what I'm doing right now. That question that gets asked a lot, and I always say like it's kind of a moving target, you know, because 
I think the way we consume sports, mainly football, is is ever-changing. The way we talk about it is ever-changing. There's so much access and information out there. So I always say it's a moving target. I've got four kids, three of my – I have a trip at 11-year-old boys and a seven-year-old daughter, and, like, I really want to be a part of their life and and uh, be around a ton and, and watch them kind of grow and become the people that they are. And I know that there are some roles that challenge that. Coaching is one of them. Um you know, front office stuff is one of them. TV has it as it has its, you know, kind of disadvantages with that as too. So is that as well? So I think like my ultimate goal is to be widely respected in what I do um and be valued. And and where that kind of takes me right now, I'm kind of open to just following kind of how it goes on a day-to-day basis. I got a question for you because Colt and I, we're friends with some of your friends, right? Guys that have been career, mostly backup quarterbacks. And we always joke with them like, that's the best gig on the planet. The fans love you. They always want the backup, right? You don't really take that many hits. You get paid a ton of money. Like, that's the best gig in the world. But be honest, are you are you having more fun now in your post-playing career than you did while you were playing? Oh, yeah, because I'm better at this, though. <laughs> you know, I'm better <laughs> at this than, than I was a player. Um you know, like I, once you settle into that role, it's really cool. You know, as as a backup, I, I always said like you don't have any competitive release though. You know, you do all the work as everybody else, but you don't get to go out on Sundays and like kind of prove that that work was worth it or whatnot. But I love doing this now just because, um, <clears throat> you know, I think there's a there's an aspect of taking immense pride and trying to find something that you could be really good at after you were really good at something. You know, like I tell my boys all the time, there's 8 billion people on planet earth. And I was one of 1500 somehow, some way very blessed to do that. And, you know, again, now it's another opportunity to find a way to be really good at something and, and have that as a daily like challenge, so to speak. So, but yeah, I, I, I love, I, I like this more just cause I'm better at it. That's yeah. And you're doing said. a hell of a job. Yeah. You do an awesome personality. Job, but- you can't teach that. There are a lot of guys that know football. There's not a ton of same with golf. A lot of guys know golf. There's not a lot of personalities. You're doing a good job bringing that. Thanks, man. Thanks. I think the lot um, helped with that a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little golf because you just got back from an awesome trip down to Stream Song. Yeah, dude, I love. How's it. the game? And I, I see you tweeting all the time about golf. I know you're dialed in. You're watching it on TV. Yeah. What uh? What is it about golf? So golf's my favorite sport to watch on TV, honestly, like because wow. I watch so much football and I've lived football. Um, what is it about golf? So um, I think what for me, like what it, what golf, like what is it about golf is, again, I was somehow like part of, part of this very small group on planet Earth that did something at the highest level. So I think or I'm wired to think like everything should be that easy and golf just isn't like it just isn't and it's I, I get so like so many people get frustrated when I stand over a hundred and forty yard shot with a nine a nine iron and there's the green is the size of Rhode Island and I push it twenty yards right and I just like how 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 can I do that or like when you watch it on TV and I watch these dudes pull off these shots I marvel at it and I think the same way that people marvel at something that Patrick Mahomes does because they can't comprehend it like I I've hit gajillion golf balls in my life i can't comprehend homa hitting the flag stick yesterday in the air on that par my brain can't wrap my you know i can't wrap around that thought so i love golf i think it's my favorite time to hang you know like if i'm not not working and spending time with my family i want to be hanging with the boys and playing golf i love gambling on the golf course that's the only place i gamble so um 
I think that like sunsets and golfing are probably my second favorite thing in the world outside of sunsets at the beach with my family. So um, I love it. I love golf trips. Golf trips are my favorite thing to do outside of hanging out with my family by far. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just it's a it's a very peaceful feeling. Let's stay on golf trips because you just got back from Stream Song. I know you got on a lot of you go on a lot of them. Where are some of your favorite spots? Like, all right, fellas, trip golfing. Here's where we should go. Give me the top couple. Make a list. Make it controversial. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> say somewhere I, stupid. Favorite golf trip ever was Northern Wisconsin. We did Whistling in Aaron Hills. I liked. See, this is what happens when you tell the truth. You, I liked Aaron Hills better. Um, that's my favorite walk ever. Was we we popped off Aaron Hills. We did 36 there. We we pegged in at like three 30 in the afternoon. And so this was in June. So we were getting done right around like seven 45, eight o'clock summer sun golden hour played really good. Walked 18 saw the plaque from Justin Thomas. And I just remember turning back around from the plaque and looking at the sun and being like, there's literally nothing better than this. Um, so Aaron is up there. Or Northern Wisconsin is up there for sure. This stream song trip I just went on was, tremendous great group of guys we had two foursomes the weather was awesome we had so much fun it's the best i've ever played usually i play february march golf i suck because i'm coming off of seven months and not picking up a golf club but it was the best i played um <clears throat> and we didn't have like down at streams on get hot real fast we didn't have a day that was like break your back heat there was a nice breeze i think that golf the, the three golf courses are awesome um, I don't love desert golf. We've done Scottsdale. I don't like being three yards off the fairway and trying to deal with rock or a cactus or a rattlesnake. Um, oh, Pinehurst. We did Pinehurst last summer and, um, <clears throat> I'm rambling, but I'll give you a quick little story. Have you guys been to Pinehurst? My assumption would be yes. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. So we played number two that day played pretty good we get done at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon we go grab a bite to eat and then we were going to do the cradle the par three and we we teed off on the cradle i want to say like five or six o'clock playing barefoot shirts untucked music going having a drink just a great time group of like 10 of us <clears throat> and we get done and we're like we got plenty of sunlight let's run it back so we get to the first tee box and there's like this group of like 12 year olds 13 year olds 14 year olds something like that and they're like, hey, we just got done playing two. We're tied. Can we play one hole and we'll get done? We were like, for sure, for sure. And we like, hang on, what'd you guys shoot? And one kid like disappointingly goes 76. And I'm like, what? And another kid, 73. And we're like, who's the best player? And they all point to one kid. And we're like, what did you shoot? He's like 70. And we're like, what tees did you guys play from? And they're like, the whites. Those were the tees that we played from. So I'm like, what the heck? So we watched these kids hit their first shots and we're like, no, nope, you don't look like us. So all these kids throw balls to like five or six feet, buddy, five or six feet. Long story short, we end up playing with them. We're like, we got to go play with you guys. We play all nine holes to the dark with them. They're the number one, three, seven, and 10 ranked players in the world for like their age group, which I think is 13 or 14 years old. They live at Pinehurst Damn. home. They were unbelievable. Um, and so like, that was a super, super fun golf trip. It makes you feel good about yourself. That sounds better than the cab ride you took from Bandon. Oh my, you know, oh, you don't. You yeah. Talk. Yeah. 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 Let's hear that. Yeah. Three hour um, cab ride. Is that all? Five hour cab ride to five hour. Dude. It was, um, what's the town in or Medford, Oregon. Um, <clears throat> you guys know Swanee and DA. So, uh, <laughs> 
good buddies of mine live out there. Again, you got to come to Bandon in February. Weather will be fine. I'm an East Coast kid. February is like the worst. So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I live in Tampa at this time. I fly to Houston, Texas to connect with my buddy who's going to go with us as well. We get to Portland. My clubs don't make it. Uh, it's snowing. It takes like five hours to get back from the airport, um, like 15 miles away. Clubs still don't make it. We finally get to Bend and clubs still aren't there. Wake up the next morning and we play, I think like Pines or something. I borrow clubs from my buddy, Derek Anderson, who's a way better golfer than me. We play in like 40 mile an hour rain, you know, 40 degrees and like crazy rain that morning, get done in the afternoon weather flips it's like 60 mile an hour winds get done playing walking off the green it's my wife i'm in the hospital my appendix ruptured i came from tampa florida so i'm like get out of here <clears throat> work throughout the night of like how do i get home how do i get home i gotta get home take like a two o'clock in the morning cab from bandon to medford oregon takes like five hours hop on a flight from medford to san francisco san francisco nonstop. so i got the i got the bandon for like 28 hours Wow. You'd have been better off being in London. You could have got home oh. way quicker from London. That place is so far, so far off the grid. I want to, let's stay on the quarterbacks. We play a ton of golf with DA. He's one of our closest friends. But there's some other guys, too. And you were just talking about how it drives you crazy. Like, I got to the elite elite in football. I feel like I should be able to do the same in golf. Quarterbacks specifically. Typically sandbaggers or Hollywood handicappers? Hollywood handicappers. Too much money, too yeah. too little muscle. You know, like they don't have, most quarterbacks don't have much muscle, so they can actually like rotate through a golf ball and swing and whatnot. And uh, they're so good at quarterbacking, they don't need to be like that ridiculous at, at golf. What is your like? What's your go to gambling game on the course? Oh, I love hammer. As long yes, as, like I got to be smart with some of the guys that I do play with because I do play golf with some guys that just have an exponentially more amount of money than I do. So like. Playing ten dollar hammer for them is nothing, but for me it could get very dangerous. So I love hammer. I love snake. We we played snake at Stream Song Black, and it got outrageous. Um, I love Vegas as long as I'm not playing with guys that I know are going to be birdie in six seven holes. Um, flipping flipping it, Vegas yep. gets nasty. That can get that game Ooh. can get harsh. Yeah, yeah, that could get like that could get especially if you're playing on a course against the guy or a crew that like, you know, they've got the game to get birdies, but also you can like, it's a course where you can blow up a hole or two and like mm -hmm. there's a ton of water or OB or whatnot. So um, I think hammer, just like if you play with the right people, I mean, you're just hammering left and right at each other. I love it. That's, that's great. Good list of games you got there. Who are some of your guys, like your favorites on the PGA tour you root for right now? I'm a, I've become a massive Rory fan. Like I feel like I was always, a Rory fan, but that's just the way he's handled like the last year or two. And I think his like his leadership and his personality and his character is shown. So love Rory. I love Homa. I remember watching like a golf channel piece on maybe like Homa coming out of qualifying school or something like that, or maybe rookie, like meet this rookie tour um, segment. So I've become a big fan of Homa. He roasted my golf swing on the internet. I think two or three years ago from stream song, um, I love Spieth. Those are some of the obvious ones. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I might love. Um, I'll, Tiger's my favorite athlete ever. I'll always love Tiger. Um, I love Rom just because his golf swing makes absolutely no sense to my brain. Um, <laughs> Scheffler, I got the chance to, to hang out a little bit with Scheffler and Sam Burns last year. 
Uh, Ricky did a piece, but I love Scheffler, just the unassuming greatness that he has. Uh, has been really cool for golf. Um, yeah, I think it's in a really – golf's got so much young talent. There's a lot. Do you remember of... what uh, Max said on his swing roast? Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, now, now I can see how you stepped out of the back of the end zone or something like that. Something, yeah, it was yeah. like your lack of awareness of your feet. It all makes sense now or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. We are striving to be the first show you've ever been a guest on to not bring up the safety. So like that would be that's gone and you first. did it. I brought it yeah. up. That's, you that's a it. me thing. That's no, he brought it up. That's fair. He brought it up. That's it's not on me. I tell you what, Max, he he is witty, man. Like he, he pumps out a lot of those things, but it's good. He's very knowledgeable of everything that goes on. He's he's a funny. And the great thing it. is he treats social media the way it should be. You know, like so yes. many people think exactly is so like it, personal and direct. And Max just uses it as a platform to either laugh at himself or laugh at other or make others laugh. Like it's. That's really what it should be for. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's a ton of people out there that feel like they know Max and never have met Max. You know what I mean? Oh. Just because he is out there and he's and he'll respond. And it's like, yeah, I, I know this guy when I watch him, even though, you know, and he makes it laid he, eyes on him, maybe. It makes it easy to root for him as well, too. Like he's such, he's because social media, I feel like he's become so likable in many ways. No doubt. Yeah, I think he might be the most likable guy. Yeah, now his game back player it on up. earth. Yeah. yeah, now that he's top ten in the world. All right, we'll put you on the spot because the Masters is coming up in just a few weeks. I need a Masters champion and also next year's Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm going to be rooting for Tiger, but I'm, I won't pick him as my champion. I think picking Scheffler is cheating right now because <laughs> of the way that his golf game is playing. Um, hmm. I'll say Spieth. I think Spieth is having some moments of solid golf. Um, and I just, uh, me being like the person who wants to watch intense golf on the weekend with everything, like I, I would be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll pick Spieth. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, Super Bowl champion of next year. You can't say the Chiefs because it's boring and cheating and like do something else. So give us the matchup. I need, I need both teams. All right. So AFC stay in that same division though. Maybe <laughs> shut up, please. Right. And that's it. You're right in the warm spot there. Not going to be the Broncos. Um, all right. So from the NFC, I'll take San Francisco. I, I think that one of those quarterbacks will play good enough and they just signed Hargrave. So I think that's um, San Francisco in the NFC and the AFC. I'll throw a flyer out there just because again, I like to tick people off Jacksonville. Wow. Okay. They're coming. All right, they're coming. San Fran. They got Ridley right. back now. Ridley, if Ridley's yeah. anything like what he was before suspension, I mean their offense is going to be a problem. And Trevor taking a huge step forward in third year, um, they'll easily win that division if they stay healthy. Their defense is super talented as well. So I'll take that Jacksonville just for fun. Okay, Low flyer. I like it. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get if to. You some... hate those picks? Tweet Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Bummer. Tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, our E9 segment here before we let you get out of here. I know you're a busy man. You got NFL Live to get to. But you've made it very clear on all your shows. You're you're not the most adventurous eater out there. I mean, it's very boring, very plain, which is fine. I respect it. But we're just going to say Dan Orlovsky wins the Masters and gets to plan the champion's dinner. Oh. What is going to be on the menu? And if you say just grilled chicken, <laughs> this show's over. It's your dinner, Dan. <laughs> Grilled chicken with your dinner. Um, my dinner. All right. Uh, chicken parm. Uh, chicken parm with penny noodles, very light sauce on it on both the noodles and the chicken parm Caesar salad. Uh, and we'll go 
a warm brownie for dessert. Dark okay. chocolate milk. Can't get too upset. Milk, milk chocolate's you, atrocious. Right before you said that, did you say grilled chicken with ketchup? Yeah. Are you a ketchup guy? Love ketchup. Love it. Dude, I love you. You're my hero. Put on eat like an ketchup. eight-year-old. Ketchup you know on everything. Eight-year-old. You know what I'll do at times? I'll take old spaghetti or noodles that my wife has made, put them in a frying pan, butter, like crisp them up, and just douse them with ketchup. Okay. Yeah, That's a new one. People do that. That was like a college meal for a lot of when you had no money. Like, what's the cheapest thing I can put in my stomach? That was it. 100%. That was it. Still, live that Still works. Wow. Yeah. Still works. Timeless classic. All right, here we go. Of all your quarterback buddies who have signed massive deals, like you mentioned, which quarterback have you taken the highest percentage of their contract on the golf course? Oh, Stafford. Stafford. But Stafford's also gotten lucky with me at some money. But Stafford's got a golf game where, like, if he's on, he can get hot and play well. But if he's squirrely, it gets sideways real fast, especially if it's spinning. Because he hits the ball dumb high, and it spins a ton. And if the wind's going, you can get him. So uh, he's gone on a couple golf trips. So I've been able to take a, probably him or Matt, Matt Schaub. Schaub, lost a couple dollars down at Stream Song last week. So um, uh, probably Stafford or Matt Schaub. I like it. It's good to have super rich friends signing massive deals with Hollywood handicaps, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. We got we. That is the dream. We, uh, Shab got Shab. We he lucked out. We played on black. We played snake, like I was talking about, and it got to like the eleventh or twelfth hole, and the snake started at five bucks, and it got to like eight hundred dollars real fast, and we were like, both groups said to each other, like, whoa, 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 like this is gonna get ridiculous. So we capped it at like eight hundred dollars payout to each guy, but. We kept track of it and it was going to get, if we had kept going, he was going to have to pay every guy like 5,300 bucks. Ooh, that'd have been a good one. That's yeah. That's that's dumb. That's dumb. (laughs) That's, this wasn't a fun golf trip type of thing. So, uh, but Shabby, Shabby's paid me a lot of money. Rules are rules. It must be abided by. Yeah. All right. Next one. Um, why every time that you Derek Anderson and Swanee have lunch together, do you always insist on picking up the tab? Mostly after a round of golf. Because freaking Swanee was a sandbagger for a long time. That's why. <laughs> and so Swanee used to, well, and I'm hard-headed because like Swanee was a better golfer than me by far. And we would always play and he'd be like, Dana, how many strokes do you want? And he'd be like, I'm not taking any of your fudging strokes, dude. Like I just, I'm just going to beat you. Dano. Never. Yeah. Dano. Never beat him. Um, he was, and then Derek, I used to always joke with Derek while Derek had an incredible football career. I used to be like, Derek, if you ever worked in football as hard as you do in golf, you'd be a hall of famer. Cause like that dude, all he does is go work on his golf game. It's been that way for 20 years. And I'd be like, go throw some. He'd be like, I'm going to go hit some wedges. Um, so it was mainly because I would lose it to them in golf. I love that. <laughs> there is not a human being on earth, I feel confident saying this, that wants to be a plus four more than Derek Anderson. And his swing is awful. He's got a dog trash swing. He's got that little rodeo. We like to call it the little rodeo at the top. It gets up there and it waggles around and then it comes down. But he hits it When so he first well. retired, dude, he practiced more than the tour guys. Yeah, when he was uh, out at Whisper Rock all the time. Yeah, I'm just going to go mm-hmm. go hit balls. I'm going to get balls. Okay. McCord would always say what, he's, he's got more planes than LaGuardia. Yeah, exactly. Moves all around. It's true. Uh, all right, there's a broadcast question for me for you. You're on the broadcast. Colt's on the broadcast. Oh, In order for Colt to take it to the next level, do you think he needs to utilize the fart noise a little more often, like you like you have done so well? You got to find a way to cut through. You get taught yeah. in this industry. Agreed. 
how are you going to cut through? Well, <laughs> quite literally. Um, yeah, you got to do something to stand out a little bit. You can't be ashamed of it. The yeah. fart noise plays. You want to? I liked it for the record. You know the a lot of story? questions around that, but I knew it was going on. You know, I don't know the true story. All right, so this is truth. This there is the truth of what happened. So it's my first time ever doing Monday Night Football. You know, it's week two of the NFL. I've done games before, but this is Monday Night Football, and it was the first time I'm ever doing a game with this crew. Like when it comes to producer, director, host Steve Levy, Lewis Reddick, analyst, analyst, all that stuff. And so five minutes before, like we're going on air. They're like five minutes to tape, you know? And so they, we were coming on live television with a taped kind of opener. Right. And I'm like five minutes to tape. Like what the fudge are we talking about? So like three minutes to tape, two minutes to tape. And I go like, Hey, what are you guys like? What are you like? Two minutes to tape. What are we talking about? And Levy like made a joke out of it. He's like, yeah, two minutes to tape, Dan. It's a thing that Josh and I. So I thought we were taping the open. And so I'm speaking and I messed up speaking. And so in the middle of me, like misspeaking, I go. And all of a sudden my producer in my ear goes, you're on live television. And Levy looked at me. He's like, keep going. And I was like, oh gosh, I, you know, so I was, I mean, I should have been aware we were on live TV and it's definitely my mistake, but I thought we were taping something. So that's why I was like, and right when I did it, I was like, that one's not going to go over too well. <laughs> so everyone comedian. thought you farted like you coughed and or sneezed and farted i was like no dude he just was like you know he couldn't get his words out but everyone ran with the fart conspiracy. of course of it was course. beautiful it was tremendous tremendous no such I mean, thing as bad pub dude by the way though when he, five minutes to tape i would have been the same thing like oh yeah we're just gonna tape this thing that's what i thought i totally because i've taped opens before i've I, you know like yeah. or you rehearse them multiple times so i 100 percent thought we were taping and right when it happened i went to my phone right away and had like 30 text messages and i was like oh man this is going to become a thing yeah we did one at pebble beach a few weeks ago we had some time to kill and we i thought we were going to tape it and then insert it yeah and we did it and like i nailed it it was great and then all of a sudden they're like okay that was a good rehearsal and i'm like oh i gotta do that again on, yeah. on live tv yeah. no 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 let's just let's just put that one yeah. in there it works out perfect and i hate tape Things. Like I hate tape. Like if I sometimes like sports and I'll ask me to tape a touchscreen, it'll take me 27 takes where when it's, I don't know what it is with me, but like when it's live, I very rarely like have some, some type of mess up or whatnot taping all the time. That's a good thing. You lock in yeah. when the lights are on. All right. Number seven, who yells at you more, Stephen A or your wife? Oof. Stephen A. Stephen A. Stephen A. yells at me more about stuff that has to do with my wife than my wife does. You know, like Stephen, Stephen A. yells at me for, for being cheap with my wife or not flying her in front well, of class or whatnot. My wife never complains about that. My wife, like, completely understands it. Um, so I'm fortunate. I don't have a wife that yells at me much. She gives me some looks, but she doesn't yell at me much. But Stephen A. yells at me a lot. Stephen A. will text me in all capitals, meaning yelling at me about something. <laughs> That's great. Well, hold on. Let me just go to my next one because it goes right into that. And then you can have the last one. Yeah. Because uh, he does give you a hard time about being cheap. You know, Max Home has been very vocal about like he won't buy Fiji water. He won't buy Wi-Fi on the airplane because it's ridiculous. Victor Hovland came out and said he doesn't do guac at Chipotle because he shouldn't have to pay for it. What's the one thing you refused to pay for? Oh. Or at least like maybe indulge in. Yeah, a, a lot, to be honest with you. Like, but one thing like fancy, fancy shoes or clothes or luggage. I say this to like my friends and my wife all the time. Do we comprehend that the fundamental reason why shoes were invented was to keep dirt off of our feet? 
And the reason why luggage was invented was to keep dirt off of our stuff. So why am I going to spend a lot of money on something that is going to get disgustingly dirty? So like when my wife is like, you, you need new shoes. I'm like, 80 to hundred dollars. Like just find a pair of shoes that are 80 to hundred bucks. Same with luggage. She's like, we need new luggage. I'm like, no, we don't. Does it open and close? It's little, you do watch the people at the airplanes. They take our stuff and go, why am I yep, going to dollars on that stuff? So um, I'm a very simple man. Like I don't have, I'm not into cars. I'm not into clothes. I'm not into watches. I say it all the time. The only things that I'm okay spending money on are like, obviously like time with my family, Red wine and golf trips. Those are the only things that I'm like, whatever it costs, I'm good with. I love That's it. That's really all you need. I'm at the airport and I see these Louis suitcases. I'm like, why? Yeah, dude. I don't get it. It's all just ego. They literally body slam your bags yeah. onto the conveyor belt. It's like WWE. I'm like, you're spending two grand, whatever, four, I don't know how much it costs, but next like. Time you're, next time you're at an airport, watch this. You go into the men's bathroom. They're going to bring those three, four, five thousand $5,000 bags in and put it next to a urinal. And go to the bathroom. You see the floor <laughs> next to the urinal, bro? <laughs> oh, it's like a river runs through it in there. I'm like, how does this happen? I'm like, what are we doing? Do you know how gross that is? But by the way, here's $4,000. So give me like yep. whatever $60 bag I can get. All right. This next one actually kind of speaks to this theme here that we might have. Um, in your opinion, how well does a big screen TV survive an outdoor Detroit winter? I've, I've, I've experienced it. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. I like the. I've had a big screen television outside for a while now, and I've lived in cold weather climates, so they've survived. I don't don't spend money on the outdoor television. Just go buy a, a television once every couple of years. I was told that you had a big boy in an apartment that you were sharing with Swanee, and the season ended. Your lease ends, and you're and you're gonna park your. Oh. I think it was an avalanche at the facility. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And you had some questionable decision making regarding the television. Well, it goes back to being cheap. I didn't want to pay for the apartment when the, the, during the time of the off season, I wasn't there. I wasn't going to pay to ship the stuff, but I could park my car at the facility for free. So I took my television and I put it in the truck, my avalanche and left it in there for two or three months when I wasn't there. And I came back and it didn't work. That's it. That is a fair point, Swanee. Um, <laughs> put a blanket over it. It's like parking in an Antarctica. Cheaper, cheaper to months. ship all this stuff though, to buy, to buy a new three and $400 television was cheaper. So valid financial decision. Valid. Well, uh, Dan, man, we appreciate it. That was so much fun. Keep doing what you're doing. You're killing it. Huge fan. Thank you so much for coming on with us. I appreciate you guys. It was a lot of fun. I hope to connect sometime in real life on a golf course or something. Love to. Any got it. Thanks, Dio. Appreciate you, boys. All right. Well, that was Dan Orlovsky joining us on Subpar. Love it. Sitting right there in the ESPN studios. Had Schefter down there to the right. Doing, on his as, phone. As he said, shockingly, on his mm -hmm. phone. Sending out a million tweets. But uh, what a great dude, man. I, I've never got to meet him in person. Actually met on Twitter, where all great relationships start, mm -hmm. and was nice enough to come on and join us. That trip to Stream Song, he sent me the video. He told me about this night putting contest. I've never been there. I just thought there might be a, put a putting green with some lights outside. No, they were actually in the lobby of the hotel. The putt got up to over $3,000. One man made it. The other man had to make the same putt. This is like 30 feet through the through the lobby before it gets to the actual putting mat. To the mat. mat. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff has to go right. Guy stepped up and topped him. Counted it to push the bet. Zach Johnson, get that guy's info. Not afraid of the big stage. But loves it. My favorite part was my wife's a maniac when talking about Philly fans. I told him about the the disgusting Eagles grain mm -hmm. that didn't go over too well with some of the people in this world. 
But uh, I'm glad that he agrees. All Eagles fans are maniacs. They're a little different. They're built different. They hate Santa Claus. They pretty much hate everything. They hate their team when they're good. They hate them more when they're bad. Um, How about a Super Bowl prediction? Jags 49 Jags are going to be a trendy, I feel like, hot pick coming in. The way they finish that season, their division, all that stuff. Um, they're going to be – I think they're going to be a, a trendy little pick let's come pay, football season. Let's pay his attention to his master's pick because it's just a week away. He's going with the golden child, Jordan Spieth. Hard to, hard to knock that, too. Easter Sunday and Jordan Spieth go together like the Easter Bunny. You know what I mean? And yeah, like we were talking about, I like getting into the first take stuff. Like, no, it's not state. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, they go on before. And like, you take this side, I'll take this side. I don't care if you believe it or not. Just argue it and we'll have a debate or whatever. Apparently, um, not the case. But they do say some wild shit on that show. I so I always it. was like, dude, that's got to be staged. And he makes fart noises during the NFL rocket. Yeah. It's like I said, dude, mix that into the golf sometimes. Oh, guy. You want me to throw that out guy there? Guy chunks a little chip. <laughs> Lucas Herbert chips it from the water into the water, you know, just out of the water into the water. And Lucas Herbert over here with this third, and it's in the drink. That'd be nice. Okay. I'll, I'll take your advice. I'll yeah, write yeah, that down. Use that, dude. All right. Well, let's get to some picks. We're not quite to Masters Week yet. Like I said, one week away. We got the Valero Texas Open. Last chance for someone who's not qualified to book their ticket to Augusta National. By the way, you just booked yours recently. Good job. Proud I of you. I am official. I will be I'm so there. proud of you. Flights were still available. It got done as expected. Time to spare. I feel like I got out in front of that pretty early. All right, well, pretty decent field heading to San Antonio. Everybody obviously wants to get in this in, into the Masters this year. Um, you know, last week, I don't even count last week because that's pretty much impossible just to pick. I took Jason Day. He, he made it out of his group, but, I mean, it's impossible. That, we're just going to watch that week. I've picked nothing right in March. <laughs> March, March is needs to end. I am getting destroyed in right. everything. I officially have no teams in the Final Four, and I've lost Virtually everybody. Well, I think 99. Responsibly, point, I've lost. 99.9 percent .9 of America or the world, whoever does all the brackets, doesn't have a team left in the final four. Yeah. Responsibly, I'm gonna have to foreclose right. on my house. So for my favorite this week, I'm gonna go with a guy who's trending in a very nice direction. Upset John Rahm last week in the first match right out of the gate. He's got to win to get in. Fell just short of getting that uh, top 50 invite. Ricky Fowler going off at 20 to one. God. Here we go. Come on, Rick. Thought he had it. After that opening win against Rahm, I was like, that's it. You control everything, you know? He's going to get out of that. And that was just, I mean, weird and the swing, shit happens in match listen, play. The swing looks good. I know he's extremely motivated right now. He's had his chance to win Augusta a couple times. He's played well there. I know it would mean a lot to him. Come on, Rick. Bring it home for and me. He's fractions away from being there. All right. I'm going a little further down the board. I feel like this one's a hard one to handicap. Guys that are already in the Masters feel like they kind of use it as prep week maybe hit some shots they wouldn't hit things like that then you got the guys that are not in there with that being said go with the guy hadn't played a ton this year but i thought what he did last week was impressive made it out of his pool in a tough pool uh he's a low ball hitter good in the wind he's a guy that typically not going to beat himself maybe doesn't have the firepower but i think on a hard golf course like they're going to see this week with the wind probably up i like i like his odds to at least top 10 i'm gonna go with matt kuchar 28 to 1 okay Kuch yeah. playing some better golf uh I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna have a feeling you don't know a whole lot about my dark horse. Tell me about how dark. He's 44 to one. Okay, but he's 29th in the FedEx Cup. Three top tens on the season. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to drive the ball well at TPC San Antonio. There's a lot of trouble around there, and it's not penalty areas. It's shit. It Rocks fairway, break shit. your arm. Saw Kevin Dahlbeck made a hundred. They didn't even know what he made. All right, he's 27th in total driving so far this year on the PGA Tour. Okay, he's from Belgium. Mm. Thomas Dietrich. Dietry. 44 to 1. The Dietry dish. You got that? Yeah, he's starting to show up. The Dietry dish. That's you good. You like that? Yeah, throw that out on the mix as well. 
All right, I'm gonna go with another guy then down the list that a lot of people probably don't know a whole whole lot about. I would say it's safe to say. Coming off a runner-up in the Dominican, had a putt to go to a playoff uh, on the final hole against Matt Wallace. Nikolai Hoygaard going off at 55-1, to playing mostly on the DP World Tour. He's got three top 15s over there this year. He's only 22 years old. He's got a lot of upside, short compact swing if you see it, but still generates a lot of power. Just played really well in the wind out there in Dominican. I assume they're going to see some heavy winds this week down there in Texas as well. A little different ball game, but I'll just ride hot hands. Give me Nikolai Hoygaard. All right, that's what you do. This will be, I believe, his ninth PGA Tour start. Yeah, he doesn't play a ton, but he's played pretty well over in um, – in Europe, and he's a guy going forward, Ryder Cup type guy. He's good, talented kid. All right, well, it's time to drive for show and pet for dough this golf season on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets to tee off the PGA Tour season. We got our top 20 bets, top 10s, parlay, some matchups, whatever you want. We already gave you our favorites, our dark horses. But if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, there's always hooking you up with great odds, and when you win, Instantly. So step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour. Go to FanDuel.com slash subpar and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash subpar to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Must be 21 years and older in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Or mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. All right. Well done. Still got a little that member guest yeah, a left up in, in you. You know what I mean? All right. By next time we come on, there'll be an NCAA oh, champion. Yeah. It's whittled down to four now. So maybe we can actually pick something. Who you got? UConn, the betting favorite. They are beating. I think everyone's going to take UConn. Everyone's head in right now. Exactly. Who you like? So therefore, since everyone's probably going to mm-hmm. go with them. You know, growing up, I was a diehard Texas Longhorn fan. Yeah. They absolutely puked that game off against Miami. But Miami, there's just something about that team. They got a lot of swag. I like their action. I'm going the Hurricanes. And they shoot free throws like crazy. They're good. That's my pick as well. I kind of want oh, Florida Atlantic just to, because it'd be a hell of a story. No one's ever heard of them. And here they come. First Final Four ever. But I'd probably go with Miami on the betting odds. Everyone's going to have UConn. I don't want to do that. And also, it's the end of an era at the Final Four. This will be the last one for the great Jim Nance. Do it in his home city of Houston. A lot of special things going to be happening. His former home city, I should say. Um, did a lot of special things for him that week, but hats off, tremendous career. Um, gonna be sad to see you go from the final four. Whoever gets that tie, hold on to it. All right, everyone, have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week's golf subpar. <laughs> <laughs>